Welcome to the Who I Became podcast. Well, welcome to another episode of the Who I Became podcast. And today I'm joined by Dan Blevins. Um, I guess it's good morning where we both are, Dan. Good morning to you. It is. Good morning to you. And I know we've been trying to get on the schedule for a while um, to record this. I'm really pleased that you've sort of taken the time to to join me. And I know that you've got a very successful podcast. So hopefully I, I can reach your standards. You're going you're to be judging me now. I'm like the sort of uh, the, the young apprentice. Yeah, no, no judgment at all. No, I think oh, you've right. got a good thing going. You can, you can do that privately. I like it. So, Dan, let's um, tell our, um, my, my listeners a bit about, you know, who you who you are and, and our conversations as to where we're going to go. And you are the Safety and Security Director of CV Ministries um, based in um, Colorado. You're a retired U.S. Air Force serving 21 years, including the 1990 Desert Storm invasion of Iraq. And, and I threw that one in there in particular because that's my, that's my growing up here. I can remember being sort of 10 or 11 and everyone was really big talking about the, the Desert Storm uh, for the U.S. Uh, you're a national conference speaker and trainer for churches around the country. I know you do a lot of work with Jimmy Meeks with Sheepdog um, Church Securities. Uh, you're the host, as I mentioned, of the podcast Church Security through prevention um, very successful hopefully i'll get there one day and have as many followers as you so I'm excited to talk a bit about that and you're also a writer and producer of several training videos on on church security and you're the founding member of the woodman um, valley chapel church security team where you managed at one point a multi-site of five campuses that are hosted over five thousand uh, attendees in a congregation every weekend and you, oh, so we're going to say something dan no, but I can. You must have heard my thoughts yeah, running is, is about it. Like, did Dan say so, something? So, no, no I didn't say anything. But I, I actually, uh, when I was on staff at Woodman, um, I just, uh, I was the facility I oversaw the main campus. I didn't run all five, you know, all the, all the sites, uh, but just you know, the main my, campus. My, when I get, when I get, not maybe, when I get things wrong, because I'm a man, I kind of, I get things wrong. But when I, when I have discrepancies, I love how my guests stop me. It's a very humble show. There's other, other podcasts where I'm sure people just let you <laughs> yeah. talk in and say, yeah, I'm going to take that credit. So thanks for clarifying that. And I know that you're a board member of um, Carl Chin's organization, the Faith-Based Security Network. You know, we've got a mutual friend in, in Carl Chin. You've got a, a bachelor's degree in science, uh, bachelor's of science in management from the University of Phoenix. You know, and most importantly, I think above all else on there, um, Dan, is that, you know, you're a husband, a father, and you're a, a man of faith. So, so welcome to the Who I Became um, podcast. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. This is, I've been looking forward to doing this for a while. You know, I've talked quite a bit off and on, but uh, this has been um, a, a process to get to this point. So hopefully yeah, it goes well. Yeah, and I guess, you know, well, it always goes well. Come on. Yeah. It's just got me and you on the show, Dan. How can it not go well? But I guess let's maybe sort of start off a little bit about your journey into security ministry, because, you know, me and you are both the same. Um, and that we call safety and security in a church ministry because it is a ministry, but there's quite a journey as to how you got there. So maybe um, tell the sort of listeners a little bit about what CV Ministries is and then your sort of journey um, to work for that company. Sure. Yeah. Let me uh, let me back up just a little bit before before going into CV Ministries and and how all this kind of came together. It um, 
we moved to Colorado shortly after I retired. Well, right after I retired, we moved to Colorado. And within weeks after moving here, the shooting at New Life Church happened um, uh, with Carl Sheehan and, and his story. And the church we had started attending at that time had a meeting. Uh, they knew they needed to do something from a security standpoint and had a meeting. Um, and a lot of people showed up, but once they found out that they wouldn't be allowed to carry firearms anytime soon, it ended up being about four or five of us probably that stuck around and actually, um, started, uh, the security component at that point and, and helped kind of help shape that into, into this, you know, the, the, the team that it is now. Um, I was, I've been on staff at Woodman Valley Chapel uh, a couple times. And in that time, um, my boss um, uh, with core values, uh, Dave, Dr. Dave Stevens, he, he has a different part of the co company. And what he wanted was he just felt God was calling him to bring a ministry piece into core values. And um, we didn't know what to call it. And I just started calling it CV Ministries at that point as we started building what does taking the experience and the training that the great training I've received from uh, um, a lot of mentors of mine, law enforcement and otherwise, to be able to share that with others um, and help other churches. And we just slowly, God just keeps um, moving us in different directions. I never thought I would do a podcast. Actually, I never thought I'd be doing any of this. Uh, at all. It never was on my radar, never was an aspiration, but it was just kind of like um, after the new life shooting, God was saying, tapping me on the shoulder and saying, okay, this is the direction, the new direction I want you to move into. Um, you and I've talked before. I, I have, I've spent a lot of time on the, um, uh, on the tech end of things from a worship standpoint and was a tech director at many churches. Um, I, I did uh, audio for the Seattle Mariners for a few years. Uh, and so that's really where a lot of my passion was. And we moved to Colorado and God's like, okay, I'm moving you in a new direction. That's really not good. And it, and it was, it was, I say weird, but it was unique that that passion that I always had to jump into that was really, God just removed it and just inserted this other piece into my life to where I, I love to learn. I love training. I love, um, there's a lot of people that know a whole lot more than me that I, I really love learning from. And then that I can turn around and share with others as well as, as, as we, as I've been on this journey in, in church security for the last 13 years. Yeah, and so what is actually your your role at CV Ministry, Vendance? So what do you actually do day to day? So my day to day, well, you know, my normal day to day is if we weren't in the COVID status that we are in now, my normal day to day is juggling a lot of balls. Um, I had a lot of seminars lined up for this year, and more that we were we were trying to get lined up, and so there's a lot of logistics around putting together a, a seminar and. And so it was, my days really were full of that, that kind of um, activity as well as recording podcasts, editing podcasts, which take a fair amount of time as well. Uh, you know, it's um, you choosing to do a video really kind of limits your edit capability after the fact, 
you know, because you want it to flow well. I'm a technical advisor. I'm glad you told people that you've got (laughs) a background in audiovisual because I should put it out there. Dan is the person that I ring and say, hey, uh, I need some advice here. My mic isn't working. My internet's no good. What should I do? That's right. Yep. And we've had those conversations. We have. Yes. Yeah. So it's... um, so anyway, that's kind of where, you know, everything has transpired to bring me where I am now. Um, it, nowadays, it's it's keeping up on the podcast. It's still working. I've got four seminars lined up for this year, whether they happen or not. Um, they're in the months to come. It just depends on how the different states continue to roll out from COVID. Um, and honestly, I don't, I don't worry about any of it. God's in control. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I, I, I don't worry about it. if we don't get the registrations. Great, then I don't, I don't need to travel anywhere and do a seminar. Um, I know not, when um, me and you spoke, Dan. Sorry to interrupt you. I know when no, no, you're spoke, good. But before, but you know, you're very much a good friend of mine, Wes Peterson. He's been, <clears throat> excuse me the safety and security director of Eaglebrook Church here in Minnesota. And he's sort of got a, a very different background. He's not security. He's very similar to you. Reminds me a lot about you, but he always says, you know, I'm not qualified to do the role that I'm doing. I know that when me and you spoke once before, I know you have to say that God, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips for called. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, your feelings that you're not qualified to lead. We obviously know you are qualified and I think you're, you're very well qualified and very good at what you do. But sometimes you've, you've had this sort of, wrestle with um am i qualified to to do this because you didn't have a background in in safety and security before you sort of really got into church ministry yeah it's really kind of funny and it catches me off guard sometimes when people ask me what are your qualifications and um it's um i'm real careful on how i answer and i'll say well i've been doing church security for 13 years well no but what are your qualifications on that. I mean, they're look, most people are looking for somebody who has a law enforcement background and I, I, and I have a lot of law enforcement friends and I, and I've done podcasts with law enforcement individuals and they agree you know, not every law enforcement, just cause you have a law enforcement background doesn't mean that you are the right person to, to head up a security um, or to, to lead a security endeavor. Um, so yeah, it's a. I, I, God keeps me humble in that. Is that I, I just don't. Um, I, I'm having to grasp more and more. Somebody called me a security professional um, at one point, and I thought, mm, I, okay, it's it's a hard one to to grasp. When I think of you know some of my friends that I travel with, when you talk, you know, like Carl Chin and and Jimmy and and you know Colonel Grossman, um, amongst others. I mean, there's just a myriad, a list of people. Yourself, um, a list of people that that have far more experience than I do, but that I continue to learn from. And I guess that's the key is is God just continues to you know, like you said, he he, he doesn't call the equipped; he equips the called most often, and and he just continues to equip me in in where he wants me to go and what he wants me to do well and it's nice for dan that you included my name with people like coaching jimmy and dave grossman i don't know if i'm really in that level see and that's the way i feel too yeah yeah you know yeah no go ahead no no i mean i i agree with you i just don't feel i feel the same way i'm just i just don't feel in the same caliber as your individual and i consider you in that caliber i mean you've got a lot of your experience um 
you know, that yeah, is so one of, far one more of those things in Dan, as you as you're traveling around with perhaps those people and going to different places around the country. I mean, uh, what do you learn about yourself then? Because there is sometimes the the view that, you know, you see these people and then you realize that perhaps you're an equal. Um, you know, has your mindset ever shifted towards there where, where you can let your guard down and, and you do feel that you're in the right place as to where the Lord wants you to be, particularly as you travel around to so many different states advising on, on church security? I think it, it, my, it helps my confidence in where God has me when I do, um, when I take times during a break and have one-on-one conversations with people, or I take, we do a good Q&A time at the end of the seminar to where I'm able to, um, I often say, even, even before coming into this, it's like, Lord, give me your words, not mine, um, in, in how I communicate. And it's that way with people to where I get done talking with them or answering their question or giving them, you know, a nugget to them. It's like gold. Um, and and it's like, okay, Lord, you know, I, I, I humbly accept where you've got me. Yeah. Now I want to move on to your, your podcast, um, for a moment because, you know, and I know, you know, don't correct me on this, um, Dan, just let the compliment come. I know it gets gets thousands of downloads uh, and I know I see some of the groups where it goes to, you know, it goes to thousands of people. And when you look at those as individuals that could be in a church, you know, you're really affecting tens of thousands. Is that sort of multiplication um, that you really get with your your podcast? Um, I mean, when you first started it, did you feel that it was going to take off the the way that that it did? No, I actually had no idea. I spent I spent two or three months just researching, studying, um, finding out about. I didn't know anything about podcasts at all, and um, and so I had really no idea that it would take off like it is. I know there's a few guys that have that do podcasts and have done podcasts in the church security realm, but um, and thought, okay, let's dive in and see what happens. And it has totally um, surprised me. At, at the response that I get. I get feedback every week from individuals on how it's impacted them, their life, their church, the, what they're going to do with their security team, whatever the case is. And I love getting the feedback. Um, uh, there was good an end and bad, of, I'm sure. Yeah, good and bad. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. And I love, um, I had somebody take issue with a, a conversation I had with another individual and I turned around and spelled it right back out to him. Like, okay, this is why we do things the way we are. And I don't remember what the topic was, but it was, it was, you know, just a misconception, but you know, it's still, I enjoy that kind of conversation because it's learning for me as, as it is for others. Yeah, no, I know, um, you know, with with any podcast, there's a sort of a, a, the highs and, and lows and stuff, you know, but um, what your viewers and your listeners get out of it is advice and get exposure to people that perhaps they wouldn't have, you know, ordinarily. Um, but what does what does Dan Blevins get out of doing your podcast? What does what does it give you? You know, what, for me, it's really a lot of fun. And it, it's really a lot of, um, you know, realizing that how much um how many really gifted individuals we have out there in our churches that are, and in our communities that are either trainers or leading church security teams to where it there's tactics within um, so something we've added to our seminar is a is a, a, a three hour um, a dry fire exercise, you know, teaching people some of the basics that maybe that, you know, things that they can do. But, you know, through a podcast, I was able to learn to do some 
you know, new techniques that I otherwise wouldn't have thought of that would help myself that we discussed in the podcast. And it was like, okay, that, that can help me in my dry fire exercises. Um, there's even a, you know, a, I bought a device that is a, uh, it's a dry fire magazine after a podcast that tricks your gun into, so you don't have to pull the trigger rack, pull the trigger rack. It just lets you continually pull the trigger uh, as if you had a full magazine, you know? And so that, that changes how you train, and, you know, anyway, closer to what a real life situation might be. Yes, yeah, so with a lot of self-fulfillment, it sounds like you get from knowing that your podcast is helping others, uh, um, you know, and, and it's something that interests you. I think you, so it sounds like you're staying close to your audiovisual world. And I don't want you to depart from that too much because my, my lack of technical knowledge always means there's a question around the corner, Dan. So, <laughs> so, so, so keep, keep it going. And I guess, you know, between... Um, you know, your time in the, the military and in the military. Mm -hmm. I always say this when I'm with you, I always get this stuff wrong. And I, I insult so many of my viewers that say, Simon said it wrong, but your time in the, the Air Force, I should get that, should get that correct. You know, your time in the Air Force, you know, going on the road, um, traveling around safety and security, uh, you know, your very busy schedule that you have anyway. You know, there's always people behind us that support us. And, and part of those are, you know, your, your family members that sort of, um, get left behind in some of the things that, that we do. And I know that um, during your Air Force career, your, your family traveled extensively around around the US. I mean, what was it like being a father um, in a family where you're moving quite a lot and you're removing children from environments that they know well? I mean, how, as sort of being a, a leader, a mentor and a father, um, what sort of challenges did that, that pose to you, Dan? Yeah, it's, um, you know, for us guys, I think it's a, it's less of a challenge if we're the, if we're the military member moving. And the reason why is because we're moving into, we know the job that we're going to have and the community that we're going to have within, within the, our military service. It's our wives and children that uh, struggle a little bit more being uprooted, having to reestablish community with it, you know, we always jumped into the church early. My wife and I were always serving early. Our kids saw that from a young age that we did that and, and have continued that themselves. You know, they're in their twenties now and you know, they love to serve. They have a heart to serve in the church because, you know, we, we modeled that for them, but we, we tried to create the stability that they needed, um, as quickly as possible, knowing that we were only going to be there for a, for a short period of time um, in that. And, it, you, you know, I look back as a, as a father and I think, could I have done things different? Could I have, um, you know, uh, been better in different areas? Absolutely. I could have, you know, I, there, there's parts of being of, you know, we all have, and I, I don't like the word regrets because it is what it is. It, you know, I, I did the, best that God equipped me to do to be a father at the time. And could I have done things better and differently? Absolutely. I could have. Um, but like I've told my kids, I said, eh, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and they, they laugh, you know, it's like, yeah, you've grown up now. Now you got to just deal with it. Um, yeah, so to a certain degree, you're, you're a service guy and that comes with sacrifice um, in itself. And maybe that's what I was sort of trying to get towards. Sure. You know, you're also, um, you know, we're in a time where COVID-19 has just taken over the, the, the world. So I guess it's okay to, to date this podcast by putting news in there because it's going to be around for, for a long time. But you you lived in a world where people like me were thrown into, or really where my wife was thrown into, in, in homeschooling um, children, were, were 
you did that for, for many years, I guess. You know, what did you learn about yourself being a, being a sort of a homeschool, homeschool dad? You know, um, I got to give my wife the credit for the homeschooling aspect of it uh, because I went to work. She did the homeschooling and we chose to do that all the way up until their first or I think uh, I was asking my daughter this the other day. I think it was her second year in high school that that she uh, we quit homeschooling at that point. And we did it primarily because we were moving every two to three years and every district that we went into um, was hard to get the kids established. You know, some districts, they, were, they may have been behind. Other ones, they would have been far ahead. And so it was just easier just to do the homeschooling aspect of it. And from a dad's perspective and from my perspective of, of I wanted to make sure that the kids were – um, getting the education that they needed to get. And I was, you know, they, they did an assessment test when we were here in Colorado and I was blown away at how far ahead they really were in that. Cause you just don't know, but my wife just did a phenomenal job as we moved in keeping them connected and, and in that homeschooling effort uh, from a dad's perspective, you know, it, it was, it was just putting that trust in, in my wife and in the co-ops and, and different things that we did, you know, that, that it was being done well. Yeah, and if you think sort of fast forward now to your time with CB Ministries and some of the sort of the leadership things that you do, do you feel that, you know, between your time in the, in the service, um, you know, being a father of children at homeschooled, uh, moving around every couple of years, do you think that sort of really shaped who you are as, a, as an individual today of your sort of thoughts, views and opinions? And obviously, culture and environment play a big part in everyone's life. But you know, has that really shaped who you are? Well, I think to a degree. I, I mean, I, um, I hope we're always a student of our environment and our life and what can we learn from it. Uh, I'm not one to really um, uh, react or overreact to situations. I, I take them at face value and say, okay, so what, what do I need to do, change or however? And I kind of, you know, that's kind of been my personality, but I think through the military, through moving through, that's a lot of change that happens. Um, retiring and, and jobs not going the way I thought they were going to go because God had a different plan for my life. Learning to accept that and to be able, you know, we can, it's much easier to look back at the stepping stones that we've stepped on to get to where we are today. And oftentimes where we are today, it, we think, oh my gosh, uh, what, you know, what am I going to do or how, you know, we might stress a little bit more. I think I do that less now. I, I, I trust that God's got a plan and I, and I don't have to know every detail as much as we would like to, um, but and just see what you know where it goes from there. And in that, God continues to shape and mold me um, to be the man that He wants me to be. Yeah, and I know you said earlier, um, Dan, uh, was effective. You know, we're not in control, and really, nor are we meant to be. And it's often when we can, as my pastor says, take our hands off the steering wheel and let God really drive. That's where right. we sort of find our biggest, biggest transformation. But for, for some of us, it can take us a while, while to get there to sort of to build that, build that trust. It does. It's uh, that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned over the last year and a half, two years, is what can I control? 
And it's often the things that I can't control that really get us um, to where we, we worry or we fear or we, you know, any of those things that kind of uh, where Satan wants to really take us off our tr- off track um, to where if we just pause and say, okay, what can I really control? And the really, all we can really control is me. I, I can't. I, I can really only control me, how I react, how I'm prepared, how, I, you know, all of that. Yeah, and I know, um, Dan, you know, the, the, the Lord has sort of um, transformed you in, in many ways during your life. But I know there was a, a sort of significant um, transformation that happened quite uh, recently, sort of within you internally uh, and also within your within your marriage. Maybe tell us a little bit about what that transformation was that you went through. Yeah, it was... Um, it, you know, growing up, um, you know, at a young age, you know, and I grew up in the church and I had a great parents and everything. Um, but, um, you know, uh, pornography early on became an issue in my life and it just kind of carried over. It was, um, off and on, but it carried over to, into our marriage. And about six and a half years ago, it, it, um, you know, it all came out and it, it could have ruined our marriage. Um, it could have had some very devastating effects. I was on staff at the church at the time and, um, but God, again, God had a different plan of restoration, of healing, of, you know, my kids will even say, I'm not the same man that I was six and a half years ago, um, that God has done, a. a um, I, a miraculous work in my life, I guess, is what I would say um, in that. And, you know, my wife would say the same thing to where, you know, we were, there was no way we were going to give Satan a foothold in our marriage. Satan is doing whatever he can to take men out of the game. If he can take them out in their, in, in the churches, if he can take them out in their marriages, if he can take them out as dads, then he knows that it's, he's that much closer to, um, you know, in his mind, winning um, in, in, you know, getting a, a, you know, a win in some way. And it's like, no way Uh, you're not getting my marriage. You're not getting me, um, in that. And so it was, it's been a, a huge, um, growth for me to understand for me, it's understanding the difference between being a follower and being a believer uh, of Christ. I believe I'm much more of a follower now where, um, before, you know, having grown up in the church, I knew the right things to say and the right, you know, how to act and, and I could be a believer. Um, but even Satan believes. So, I mean, what, there's not a huge change, not a huge difference there. Uh, the true difference for, in my mind, for our Christian walk is, is, are we, are we a follower of what, of the life that Christ um, has for us? Yeah, and it's interesting. I know that um, Dave Ramsey, the Christian financial guru, I think he says that um, he knew God on the way up. He got to know him on the way down. And I, I like that, that saying. That's very, that's very true of a, of a lot of us. And, you know, firstly, um, you know, Dan, thank you for sharing that. You know, I should say that, you know, me and you had a conversation previously and I didn't know that part about you. And I was very humbled um, that, you know, I asked you a, an open question. And you thought about it and then you delivered the, the answer. And so, you know, it's, it's really brave of you to sort of, um, you know, to, to to share that with not only with me, but all my listeners so people can get learning from it. But, you know, I know the first time we spoke about this, Dan, there, there was that bit of a pause. And I guess 
Well, why is it that it's a difficult subject to uh, to approach with? Because we know that most men are struggling with, with something. I mean, is there a um, form of embarrassment that you feel or what makes it difficult to sort of share that piece of your life with people? You know, it's, um, excuse me, <clears throat> it's a, it's not an embarrassment. It's not something I, I choose to share with very many people. So putting it out there in a forum like this, it, there is a vulnerability to it. Yeah. And when you asked me the first time I did pause and, and then you came and you said, well, if you, you know, if you need time to think about it, um, and he said, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of threw that out you at you. And you know, it, it's a, it's a tough question. I said, no, I don't need time to think about it. And what I was actually doing was just kind of praying, Lord, what do I do here? What do I say or don't say? Um, and a real piece about, uh, you know, that just came that was like, nope, go ahead. Um, because you're right. You, you know, we all have our, you know, our hurts and our hangups and our addictions or whatever the case is. And why, one person isn't any better than another in that we all have sin. Nobody is perfect, even though we go to church and probably put on a mask and let people think we're perfect in that. So yeah, that pause that I gave, you know, the first time that we talked was just that, that check in my spirit of, you know, is it, is it safe? Because um, I don't live in shame, which is a, which is huge, but do I live in regret? Sure. I don't live in it, but do I have regret that I wasted so much of my life and my marriage um, and my, and as being a, a dad, with that addiction as part of the part of my life as well, because the, the freedom that I experience now, and um, I know others do too, is that it is uh, unbelievable. Um, and, and, and it's the life that God intended for us to live. Yeah. And I know one of the things when me and you um, had this conversation about it, it was, I think originally, um, Dan, you hadn't said this and, and then I sort of paused and waited and it came out and, and it's true, but it's often trying to fill that void. You know, everyone has something that we're, we're trying to um, fill the void of. And I always openly share, you know, I was born of a, a single parent family and, and never knew my, knew my father. And still to this day, I, I still struggle with that. And I think that is the void that I'm always going to have that sort of feeling of, of abandonment. So, you know, I don't need to open up and get run, but if you don't really want to, Dan, but what, what is that void that you were sort of searching for that sort of led towards your addiction? Yeah. And I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly what that void may have been, but we're all, we all have a void. Yeah. It, it, you know, we're kind of created that way. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're all kind of created that way. And what we try to do is we try to fill that void with everything else. Um, whatever that might be, it could be money. It could be, it doesn't matter. We try to fill it without realizing that really it's, it's our relationship with Christ that really fills that void. And that's what he really wants. It's not, and it's a, um, and I don't know that we do a great job at defining what that relationship is and nor are we going to need, have enough time to do that here either. That's another the, podcast. Yeah, that's right. But that relationship is, you know, it's, I, I talk with him throughout the day uh, about things. I, um, it, it, it is totally different than what I ever thought it would be. Um, and it's, um, and it's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, and when you look at, you know, I guess even uh, when you're advising churches on security, we're talking about overcoming adversity or problems or whether, um, you know, it's um, struggles in relationships or addictions, it's overcoming adversity. I mean, what is your, well, what is the best way that you can suggest to overcome adversity? You know, this traumatic incident happened um, to you, you know, um, caused a lot of, um, you know, hurt and pain in your marriage, I'm sure. You know, how do you overcome adversity? Well, that's a broad question, I guess. Um, overcoming well, adversity. to you. It's very difficult, Dan. I'm going to have to pin you down. Yeah. So um, overcoming adversity from a personal standpoint is, is look, looking at um, uh, is turning as much over to God as I personally, as I absolutely can in it. I'm realizing that he is in control and he's got an agenda and I just need to to be obedient in what he's called me to do and keep moving forward in that. You know, and if I look at it from a security standpoint and if I'm at a security conference, I think I, I think it's different. So maybe it's different. Uh, training is the greatest way to overcome the the adversity or the challenges that come in a variety of different ways in our life. How do we communicate? Um, you know, verbal de-escalation. How do we in conflict resolution? Um, you know, Colonel Grossman's book on combat talks about how do you prepare your body and your mind for when the adrenaline happens in a situation. Um, what what is your body going to go through, and how can you do you know best prepare to 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 combat that? I mean, it's. It, it's a lot of the same, but yet it's, it's, uh, you know, they're just different principles, I guess, within the, within them. Yeah. And in your, um, in your journey that you've gone, particularly around your, your addiction and stuff, I mean, what, what's the biggest um, thing that you've learned about yourself during that journey in the last few years? I think you said six years ago is when this really came to its head. Uh, the biggest thing that I've learned about myself, I, I, I really think is that, um, is you know us guys you know guys in general god instilled us with with pride um and there's nothing wrong with that in a good context um but oftentimes our pride also prevents us from from being vulnerable from being um open to others to be able to, to from being honest it was it creates an arrogance within us um I have a I have a hard time with individuals that have that pride and arrogance that just you know you meet them and it's like oh my gosh yeah yeah it's they're a tough person sometimes to talk with um, and but yet I think I'm so I've joked about before on my spiritual gifts test next to the bottom is mercy yeah, yeah and and but yet I think I, I have that more than what that that test actually more so now in my life than what I once did. Um, same thing with empathy. Um, uh, I, I used to not really care about people. Um, somebody could tell me their problems like, well, that stinks to be you. Um, and not really care much about it. Now it's, I, I am more empathetic. And even in the seminar, I talk about that, that, um, when I'm talking about communication is that empathy is just huge. We have to have empathy, especially we have to have empathy if we're doing security because without empathy, because the church is there for the hurting and the broken like us. And if we don't recognize that and don't have the empathy for the people coming through the door, then we're ineffective as security members. 
Yeah, and one of the interesting things that you said a little while ago about your sort of transformation was that, you know, even your children said that you were that you were different. Um, you know, you're a different person um, now. And I guess um, I'm trying to get some context of before and after. But what sort of what do you think changed in you that your children recognised was different in their in their dad? I know you you gave a couple of um, indicators. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, um, I became more patient. I became, so you can't see it, but across the room from my office here on the, on the opposite wall, I have um, the fruit of the spirit hanging there and I have uh, 1 Corinthians 13 spelled out and so that it's always in front of me to a degree. Uh, so I, it's kind of a check of where I am. Am I patient? Am I kind? Am I not proud? Um, not easily angered? Those kinds of things where the... I was pretty much the opposite of that. I was easily angered or frustrated, um, which is a telltale sign of addiction of some sort, typically anyway. Um, I was not, not fully engaged um, relationally with my wife or my kids, where now I'm much more engaged relationally with them. They, we love having time together. We, I love that they can come to me with anything and we can have a great conversation or they, they, they look for advice or whatever the case is. So it's, it's, it's a, I was probably very much opposite of what the, you know, fruit of the spirit or first Corinthians 13 about love is. Um, I think that was not uh, high, uh, not as prevalent in my life now as it once was. And because it is now, um, people see that fruit, which is the way our life is supposed to be. Or, you know, that's what God calls it to be. Uh, and I think that's what people are seeing is, is that I have that fruit um, that just is part of my life now. I don't even have to think about it or try it or fake it or whatever the case is. Yes, also, you know, when I go back to the, the opening about all the different things you've done, I mean, you've done a lot of um, things. There's a lot of service in there. Um, there's a lot of um, serving your your country, and there's a lot of lot of travel. And and above all else, I'm, I'm also hearing a guy that's actually slowing down as well, you know, and allows that time to sort of breathe and and to think, and most probably follow the path that the Lord has given you. Like I said, you've got a very successful um, podcast. It was interesting to see your transformation through through all of this. And and I know you've you've continually mentioned your faith um, throughout, but how would you describe your transformation through your addiction and coming coming to light? I ask that so, again. Oh yeah. So your, your transformation in faith, how, how did you see that really come to light once you actually sort of had this conversation with your wife and, and all your sort of sin, sin came out? Sure. So, um, it's recognizing that, well, I, I met with a, um, one of the pastors on staff right away, like the next morning. And, um, it's recognizing what is my identity in Christ? Who does Christ say that I am? Um, he had me uh, reading in Ephesians uh, right away on that. That talks a lot about who our identity in Christ is. It's um, having that um, intentional. Um, it's I, I'm not a big fan of you know quiet time or devotion terms because I think it's it's often nothing's wrong with them, but oftentimes it's Christianese and people you know don't know what that truly means to spend time with God. Um, or what it can mean and about that and to where it's an intentional, I, I, I make time every day in some form or fashion to be intentional with my time with God, to, to pause, to, to recognize that, um, that 
it's a relationship. If I did, if I treated God, if I treated my wife, the way a lot of us treat our relationship with God, there wouldn't be a relationship with her. And so I have to look at it from that standpoint. And in that, um, and it kind of is, a, it keeps me on track. Um, but I, you know, I, I usually do a devotion every morning, um, depending on what the schedule looks like to where it's, I just read a chapter a day out of the Bible. And then I do an email um, to my wife, to my kids, to my parents. This is the manna that I picked up today. Um, and here's, here's what, it, how it spoke to me. Here's how I hope, you know, you, what I hope you can get out of it as well for your life. And that, and that helps me as a dad and as a husband to be that spiritual leader. It helps me in my growth with what does the Bible really say? I mean, I'm, I'm more engaged with the Bible now than, than I once was. Um, and I've been doing those emails for, you know, over six years now. And I actually published one of them in one whole year into a book for the family and I gave it to him at Christmas. Okay. And I thought, gosh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I'm not going to do that again anytime soon. You said um, far too high, Dan. I did. Yeah. But they enjoy it, you know, but they, but so even if I don't do it, I'll hear from my parents or I'll hear from my, I heard from my daughter recently. Like I didn't get your email this morning uh, or I didn't get you. I haven't had your email. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I recognize I didn't get it. Yeah. And, you know, um, hearing you speak, there was a part of um, scripture that came to mind. I'm terrible on the, um, on the sort of the verse and stuff. And I wish I had Jimmy Meeks here. He'd know straight away. To, to, oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, I know. Get the, 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 the Mr. Mr. Meeks in, uh, that crazy guy. Mm. Um, but it was a, a line where um, Jesus is talking to his disciples and, and they're sort of saying who he is. And I think Jesus turns and sort of says, you know, but who do you say I am? Um, and my, my listeners might be saying straight away, yeah, we know that's from Simon. But, you know, but, so when you say, you know, but who do you say I am? I guess, you know, with your family, with your wife and your kids, um, who would you want them to say that you are? Oh, gosh. Hopefully, um, the husband and the father that God intended me to be, that, that God, uh, you know, when he, when he envisioned uh, what we were to be as husbands, when he envisioned what we were to be as parents, um, hopefully, you know, especially with the way, especially now, that that's, you know, that that's what they see that, uh, more so. Now, in no way am I perfect. In no way does everything go right every time. Um, and, and that's okay. And, you know, that's just another opportunity for growth. Well, Dan, I really want to uh, thank you today for being um, open and being vulnerable as men. That's one of our character defects we have. We don't like doing that. So I'm really grateful that you've done that. And I know that there'll be many men that will be listening to you saying, I am like Dan Blevins. And, you know, hopefully by you sharing part of your, your journey is going to help them either in their security ministry or hearing some of your personal journey. So it's a really... Um, um, just grateful that you took the time to talk to me today. So, so Dan, where can people find more about your, your ministries um, and work that you guys do? Sure. Um, and first off, I really appreciate and am honored that you asked me to do this with you. Uh, I, I look at it as a great honor. You know, again, it's it's one of those things I don't look at myself as in the same category as, as you and others. And um, so I, I do look at it as a great honor. Um, to find out more, uh, CV Ministries is uh, cv-ministries.com is our website. And then we're also on um, Facebook and um 
Instagram and Twitter as well. Okay, well, Dan Blevins of CV Ministries, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast. If you are enjoying the discussions between Simon and his guests, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, as well as share with your friends on social media. Once again, thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast.